Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With all of the savings I get when I drive, I'm having the time of my life. Driving safe all right, insurance, save me so much in my car. Driving safe all right, insurance, I've dreamed of savings for so long, I'm saving big all right. Safe drivers save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. Hello, and in this Foot Weekly podcast, we get into Foot Future Stars, SBCs, the thoughts, the reviews. We also dig into the ideal controller and camera settings and much more. I'm your host, Ben, and this is the Foot Weekly podcast brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. Welcome to week 21 of the Foot Weekly podcast. This week, I'm joined by regular Air Japes FIFA. Japes, how are we doing? I am living in a winter wonderland, Ben. The uh, <laughs> the shoulders healing up and getting better every week. So you know that means that I can play better FIFA? Question mark? Maybe I don't know. But happy <laughs> to be back on the pod. Nice. And we've got a debutant on the pod. It feels like we've had consecutive debutants, which has been fun. So another one this week, Alex, um, the FIFA analyst. How are we doing, Alex? I'm doing very well, Ben. Thank you for having me on. Looking forward to it. Great. And. Uh, are you up in Birmingham? I'm guessing by the accent. I am from the Black Country, yeah. uh, which we don't nice. like to say Birmingham, uh, but yeah, it's not, it's oh, not, okay. it's well, not too sorry. far from Birmingham. It's uh, not too far away. So the, the area around. Yeah. And is it really windy up there too? Uh, it's not been too bad. Um, been at work today and it was a little bit windy. I had to get the flags down and that, but yeah, it's been been all right. I think the north have had it a, bit, a little bit worse, to be fair. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that, you know, if there's any loud whooshing, then <laughs> that'll be the wind. Um, but yeah, we've had the second part of the Foot Future Stars promotion. And Jape's quite interesting, actually, because you've got to say that it was perhaps uh, a better squad, or maybe not better, but it felt more interesting than the first selection of players, which certainly hasn't been the case in past promos, which have been spread over two weeks. Yeah, usually the the first squad released is the the Meister squad of the two. Not the case, though, here. The second squad, more uh, what I like to call usable players or players that you could slot into your squad that can make a difference um, that are more interesting. So, you know, I don't know if that's signs to come or how uh, what that means, if anything. But Future Stars as a whole, you know, we've talked about it a little bit before on the pod, Ben, where my like rating scale of a pro 
promo is does it add more usable cards to the game and there's no promo quite like future stars for doing that there are a bunch of usable mm-hmm. cards that have been added over the past two weeks so it's it's obviously exciting and it's fun to uh get your hand on hands on some of these future game changers of uh world football yeah exactly and um we've actually used a number of these players so uh, we can talk about those i mean i've certainly had quite a few questions about different players within this team what people think alex is someone who's like japes hitting the kind of elite one in the weekend league someone like harland are you going to be paying something like 2.9 million for definitely not in my opinion um <laughs> obviously i was quite surprised when harland got it in a way of just obviously the amount of cards that he's had so so far yeah. already and the fact that he's probably getting the player of the month obviously for the amount of goals that he's already scored um so i was quite surprised seeing that but the thing that annoys me with him is that they haven't increased his weak star uh, well he's got three star weak foot and three star skill moves which just makes that card for me not usable i'd like to give him a go but mm. i'm certain he would not be paying that price for him at all well, that's the amazing thing, James. I mean, I'm not sure we've seen a player who's three star, three star, who's been this expensive. Yeah, it's it's truly wild uh, <laughs> where the way his price curve has gone. It's just, but it's clearly you know with all the transfer rumors that swirled around him for a long time, he's become like the it name in future stars, I suppose. So a lot of people want to get their hands on him. You know, there's the obvious shenanigans that he participates in and what what i mean there is you know he says some like outrageous stuff off the pitch which makes him very like lovable for many people mm. you know obviously big ebra-esque in size but three star three star absolutely crazy and if you think towards like headliners robert Lewandowski, who's likely going to get a plus two at least at some point um or with a with an upgrade and he's going for like two million coins less like the, the price for holland is truly wild at the moment but i think a lot of people are just fun or think it's a fun card to have and certainly an interesting one to have in the team and beyond that the possibility of him getting a player of the month you'd assume that he'd get maybe get a winter one to watch as well which Mm. would be you know then maybe does he get another inform or two for Dorman? i don't know I, i the price on that card to me is just wild and Every bit of FIFAnomics or price analysis that you might even try to bring in, I just don't think makes sense around this card. It's just an anomaly. Yeah. And actually, the other card that's about half the price is that Martinez card whose stats, I know he's a different kind of physicality, but he is four-star skills, four-star weak foot. Would you take Latara Martinez at 1.5? I, yeah, at that sort of price range, I'm a lot more inclined to pick up that sort of card, if I'm honest with you. In comparison mm. to Haaland, who's you know double the price, that card makes more sense for me, A, because of the four-star, four-star, and it just looks like an absolute beast of a card. I've used his uh, Champions League card as well, the team in the group stage, and I really enjoyed that. I used him as a centre mid in like a 4-3-3, kind of used him as a box-to-box. So I think this card, for me, that sort of price range, I think it's it's reasonable. I mean, if it's a little bit cheaper, obviously I'd definitely pick him up, uh, but it is a card that I want to be using at some point in the future for definite. And then at the other end of the spectrum in terms of price, there are a couple of cheaper cards in inverted commas that have uh, interested me and I, I thought i haven't tried him but that luis felipe the lasio player actually if you compare him to someone like tamori he doesn't look bad at all uh, he's six foot two he's got 94 reactions which is actually quite rare on foot future stars cards uh, he's only got 70 composure but obviously 86 base pace on the card as well and um interestingly all his defensive stats apart from a heading accuracy or 88 which is very rare to see such a uniformity across the stats and then he's got 99 aggression 87 strength and uh yeah he's decent in terms of his size he's about six foot two 
interesting to see whether he would actually be as effective as he looks. The 70 composure and 55 balance, maybe suggesting he might not be, and 77 agility is decent actually, but not amazing. But you compare him to Tamori, he looks pretty cheap. Um, that Tamori card, Japes, you've actually tried out. He's uh, quite expensive though, isn't he? 700,000 odd or something for him. Do you think he's worth that or how, how did you find him? I wanted to say the answer was yes, he's worth it. But unfortunately, for me, the answer is like a resounding no. I don't know if it's his profile, but the concern and on, on my stream yesterday, I sort of I caught it without looking too closely in ahead of time. And his his low reactions, I think at like 79 or 80, I think that mm. might be what the letdown is because everything else looks like great across the board. But he... It doesn't seem to quite play to his stats, which was really a bummer. And like, I've, I much preferred playing with that Kabak card from Schalke. Uh, he was just a, mm. a better center back, had way more of a presence. Um, and for the price that you're paying for Tomori right now, like just pick up the gold Virgil van Dyke for 200k cheaper. I, you know, I, I want to like Tomori, but he's just, he's just not there for me. There's an interesting thing, which I've mentioned a few times and it all started with, uh, using Eda Militao last year and finding his Future Stars card like, amazing, but actually finding other centre-backs who theoretically were worse, better. And not quite being able to work out why, but then I was looking into it. And if you go on the website SoFIFA, which has all the career mode stats, head-to-head database, etc., etc., uh, I noticed they have something which your regular foot databases don't have, and that's um, you know body type. So, for example, let's take Quebec you just mentioned, He's actually got a normal body type, whereas Tomori has a lean body type. Mm. So it may just be that kind of presence just isn't there. And I think I mentioned this last week, possibly. The fact that they're not as sort of wide, I think, makes it much easier for a player to kind of go past them, if you like. And someone mentioned this, actually, because they were saying, would you recommend maybe playing right backs, left backs, off chem at centre back? Because most players have almost maxed out pace. So it's hard to kind of, you know, match that with your centre-back. But actually, I think for this reason, sort of body type reason, it's actually quite difficult to uh, use full-backs at centre-back because they don't kind of cover the space in the same way, possibly. And so I think that might be the problem with Tamori in that he's not a physical presence enough to be able to do the same thing that, say, a David Luiz does in, in terms of filling the space, partly with his hair, obviously, but also with his his body type. But yeah, it's interesting, actually, because it's kind of segueing into another review. I know, Alex, you've used that Tonali card. And, uh, you know, I know from using his League SPC objective card that he is a sort of decent build, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's kind of an obstacle to get around. How have you found the uh, f- Future Stars Tonali? I've, I've liked him because I've used the League SBC Tonali now for you know weeks and weeks and weeks, uh, and he's always done a job for me. And I was really looking forward to using the card. However, for anyone that's got the SBC Tonali and thinks I want to make the upgrade to, to get him, I, at the minute I've used him now for you know so far from a weekend lead this weekend. I can't actually notice a difference in the cards, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Um, other than that, he feels a little bit better on the ball. I, I, there's nothing that makes me think 
oh, the, De- the league SBC Tonali would have done that or wouldn't have done that. I don't know if it's because obviously I, I use him predominantly in just a four-two-three-one. Uh, he stays back while I send my other CDM forward. So I don't know. I mean, maybe if he was a bit more of a box-to-box, possibly. But yeah, I mean, he's a solid card um, for the coins mm. that he's at nowadays. He's, he's a lot more you know reasonable and respectable to pick up. So if you know you've, you've got someone like Politano or you've got CR seven in the squad, I do think he is worth worth having. To be honest. If you've got the league SBC one, I'd probably say stick with him to be honest, because at the minute I can't, I can't actually feel that much of a difference in game. Yeah, I mean the the price difference, considering you know league SBCs, you can normally complete for much less than they actually say. What was it six hundred k, seven hundred k difference is is pretty big. But I guess yeah, one thing I was wondering about him actually, the the only criticism I perhaps have for Tonali, but less of a problem when you have him on sort of a stay back midfield role, is that he his stamina got a bit drained sometimes. Um, so maybe I don't know that might be a an advantage that the 91 has but even then it's not a massive boost and I guess we were talking about this last week I think that the increase in stats between the 84 and the 91 doesn't really reflect the increase in overall Japes though a player that has a, had a massive boost which you tried out uh, Yuri Tielemans oh what did you make of that club? he's great he is great. Yeah, I really... He's the, he's the gem we've been looking for, finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if he's, like, the only gem. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but certainly for, you know, I think he's likely heading towards 350k or so, mm. which is, like, easily worth it for him. You know, his, his stamina lets him down, but I've been using an engine on him, and that basically maxes out all of his passing stats. He's got four-star skills. He's got the five-star weak foot. He's got above 80 and interceptions and tackling and um, his ball control, dribbling and composure, all of those very, very high. And I think with the engine, his balance goes up somewhere to the mid to high 90s as well. So just a, a really, really well-rounded player, especially for the types of formations that I like, you know, with the 4-3-2-1, using him as one of my CMs, uh, box-to-box with medium-medium work rates. He just does a really, really nice job, and he's just a fun card to use. Pops up in good spots. So a card that I wouldn't hesitate recommending as well, because, you know, the, for whatever reason on this FIFA, I think we can all agree, five-star weak foot just seems to have some level of magic for mm. players like uh, they just seem to perform better in many cases so he, he's one of those players that seems to to get that boost as well and just just awesome and a lot of fun and you know he obviously has nice links to my red uh 94 kdb as well which never hurts very nice and actually you know you mentioned the five star weak foot thing i feel like this year more than ever i've noticed poor passes from my player's weak foot and i wonder whether that's part of the reason why it's so much better. I wonder whether they tweaked that going into this game. But, you know, that could just be confirmation uh, bias mm. based on that. Although, actually, a player that I wanted to give a shout-out to in terms of being in this team and potentially a nice option for people is that Ikone card. He's a yes. French Lille player. He's Because he's a cam, but he's basically a winger. It's a really nice option for people. Slash striker. Yeah, yeah, or, or a striker. <laughs> well, with a, um, with a dead eye, I think he, he gets close to, barring the five-star weak foot, I think he gets into that like Ben Yedder type territory. Yeah. I think he has 99 base agility, which is just wild. But with a with like a dead eye cam, I think it practically maxes his shot power finishing and maybe positioning as well. But uh, it's certainly a card that I'm keeping my eye on and have been uh, eyeing up potentially as like a really, really impactful super sub. But I, I was expecting his price to drop a little bit more than it than it has. Um mm. You know, he's hanging, I think, close to three. And I figured being a league up player, he'd get down to at least two. 
Well, I was wondering whether the thing that was propping up his price a little bit is the link to that objectives player. I'm not sure how you pronounce the end of his name, so I'm going to just call him OC for this. Um, but the Nigerian Lille striker, mm. obviously, strong link there to Ikone and potentially one of the reasons why the Ikone is staying high, although maybe it could drop a little bit and there might be a chance for him to increase in value, maybe as more people get to the 88. But basically, I clearly a sucker for punishment, decided that I'd actually get him. <laughs> um, and uh, I have tried him out in weekend league fairly extensively. But do you know something that always makes me think this isn't a striker that is actually good? When I've used about four different chemistry styles and I've decided the best one is engine. I don't know. Obviously, he's four-star, four-star, which is the big reason why you get up to the 88 because he's got a four-star skills, which the other 85 doesn't have or the other cards don't have. And he does feel better on the ball. But, you know, as I often say, the game is ultimately all maths. So there is normally some cause for a player to not quite appear as you might expect, whether it's a trait, whether it's work rates, whether it's uh, the body type or the height or the weight. And I think actually in OC's case, I think it's actually way more obvious than you think. And it's the first stat on his list of stats, which is acceleration. His 88 has 99 sprint speed, but only 86 acceleration. And although he's really well-rounded as a striker, you know, he's got 88 strength, 92 jumping and 92 finishing, you know, good shot power, decent passing, 85 short passing. He actually just doesn't quite feel like a player who can go past people. I think that is because of the acceleration. If I was playing, you know, part of the bus and just lobbing through balls, it probably would work fine to use him. But that kind of combined with the fact that he tends to drop a bit deeper in the build-up because of his high defensive work rate means that actually he doesn't feel as effective as he should and I also felt even when I tried marksman on him so that gives him like really really good strength and aggression he never really held the ball up in the same way that even someone like you know Scream Ibrahimovic can and I, I think the problem with him is that actually his weight is not particularly high for a player of his build like he's six foot one but his weight is 78 and if you look at some of the other target men type players they have much higher like actual weight so they've got more kind of presence that they can use and he just doesn't really have that he also doesn't have any traits so he doesn't have like outside the foot shot trait he doesn't have flair even so he's he's quite limited actually i've got that footmas simon who i really like there's a strong link there and i've also got footmas renato sanchez again strong link there so i can use him and he probably will come in handy but he's just not the player that you might expect when you first look at him so that's just a warning to people who are thinking of grinding through it and I mentioned Daniel James on the last podcast actually he on the other hand I think is a very good player who probably is worth the grind you know those stats are pretty impossible to argue with you know the pace finishing and dribbling the sniper and the stamina are just really really good Alex, have you used uh, the Daniel James? I haven't done him, to be honest with you. Um, it's, I, it's a lot of games. I, I look, I look at them. I'm, I'm very much. I just, I, nah. I just, I, I can't be bothered with the grind. But actually, looking at him and you know, hearing from other people, people have been saying that yeah, obviously he's quick. He can do the job coming off the bench. I mean, at the end of the day, for uh, for me, for a free card, if you can go ahead and, and get it, if you know you've not got a massive amount of coins, it's something that can can uh, slot in quite nicely into a lot of people's team, I think. And fair play, yeah, I think I think this is a decent card. It's not one that I've used, but from everyone that I've kind of spoken to as a whole, it has been kind of worth getting worth get worth getting it done and having him. So it does look like a decent card, um, one that maybe I probably should do if I can be bothered. But yeah, I, I used his eighty-two, uh, you know, to to unlock objectives and stuff, and actually he was 
pretty good. Um, there's been a lot of talk about the objectives and how to get those done and what the most effective ways of scoring the certainly the lobbed objective is in squad battles because that is a really really awkward one because of the fact that you actually can't just do a chip you have to lob the keeper with a chip and this sounds ridiculous right and just shows what the kind of problems are with these kind of objectives they just force you to do strange things what i realized to get the lobbed chip objective the best thing to do was to deliberately concede corners against the ai and then counterattack from those corners and you'd get loads of lobbed chip opportunities by by doing that um so there's a little tip quite weird though just kind of standing there and kicking the ball out of play for the, for the opponent to get corners but uh it's, it's it, it works really well and james if you have him as a striker will stay up the pitch and you can just lob it but yeah anyway probably enough objective player chat for this week is there anyone else people want to mention on the foot future stars part two collection i personally think people are sleeping on kieran turney not so much mm. as a left back but as a center back or a cdm if you put an anchor on that card i think he is an absolute animal if i'm honest with you mm. um and for the cost that he is as well i don't think he's real i mean sitting at 256k on ps4 241 on xbox you put that you know the early one we were talking about putting left backs right backs at center back and you know thoughts on that this for me is one of the perfect cards that if you took an anchor on that i think he can do an absolute decent job at center back yes he's five foot ten so he's not the tallest of center backs however with crossing and heading not being you know as big this year I actually think people are sleeping on it. I don't see enough people talking about it and saying, should I do him? I honestly think he's a great addition to bringing him into that CDM or centre-back role. You've clearly done this before because I was going to segue on to uh, SBC players. So uh, this is this is perfect. Yeah, Jakes, what do you make of this card? I actually think he's a, you know, not just at centre-back, but he looks a pretty decent left-back with a link to David Luiz, I guess, as well. Yeah, I'm I'm really torn. The, the only reason, I think, for me to do him after completing Marcelo and Alfonso Davies, uh, both of their left-back SBCs, would be for that never-ending David Luiz link because I have mm. the strong link from Allison for David Luiz, which is great, but it would probably be nice to have another option to get him chemistry as he's just become a staple in my team, and I, I really, really like David Luiz as a player. So, I, you know, I haven't come up against Tierney much. I was hoping in the weekend league I'd come up against him a handful of times and see if he felt annoying to deal with, and if he did, then I would go out mm. and do him. But I think for you know 250k, I have some untradeables and in my club. I think it's probably the smart move to do him, and I guess it opens up some of some of the left side for me as well for other Premier League links. Get maybe team of the team of the year Mane in there or something like that if I'm playing a four five one. But uh, a card mm-hmm. that when I initially looked at his stats, I uh, contrary to contrary to the analyst over here, I kind of looked down and was like, eh, he's all right. You know, for 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 his price point, especially when I'd done uh, Alfonso Davies, who, um, you know, doesn't have the same type of stats, but has still like solid ish, similar ish stats uh, for 100K cheaper. My, my problem with him is similar to what you're talking about with Tomori. He's he's got 81 reactions, which could be a problem. I think that's the only thing that I would complain about because I think he's quite decent otherwise, but. You know, I was thinking of putting Guardian on him or something. His physical is very good. His passing is pretty good. You got to put Shadow on him, Ben. <laughs> I feel like I've uh, I've slipped there. It's meant to be Shadow. That's every right. Time. But he, his pace is pretty good anyway. But he's, he is an awkward one. His inceptions aren't that great. 
83. I want that a bit higher, so I'd say Guardian. I was actually going to say, Japes, uh, again, another indication that we were done dirty with Marcelo, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Card, like, Stats-wise, is really strong yeah, compared it, to that. You know, uh, I've said it a bunch of times. Marcelo far outperforms his, the stats on his card. Yeah, um, yeah that's true. But... The fact that you're getting like two eighty six future stars left backs and I get well not even so the moments Alfonso Davies and this SPC tyranny um, and then there were other left backs that have arguably mm. better stats than Marcelo than like a flashback team of the year Marcelo is just crazy to me like I, yeah. I I've I've had to just let this one go or it would drive me mm. crazy because I for the life of me I just can't fathom how the ratings and the upgrades are decided on these cards. It just it just doesn't make sense. It defies all logic. Mm. And actually, this is something that we could talk about more generally around for future stars and an example of this problem that they have. And we've talked about it before quite a lot, Jax, haven't we? And Alex, I'd be interested to know if you're aware of this because I don't think many people are, but the way they upgrade cards is you know through an algorithm. So it means that there is actually like a mathematical formula. One of the guys in the Discord worked it out, but basically when you increase a player and they get a special item the increase that they get on their base card to each card face stat corresponds to changing their in-game stats in a certain way it's not like they go in and tweak the stats individually which is why you end up with a lot of foot future stars cards with uh, really big holes in their stats in, you know especially composure and reactions because young players often don't have very good composure and reactions and this is a bit of a problem for certain cards and i think a classic example of that i think it will still be out when this pod comes out is Dio Upamecano, who uh, on the face of it, you know, his, his face card stats look very decent, but he's got really poor on the ball dribbling stats. You're talking about 77 reactions, which I think is just too low. He's got very low acceleration and he's also got 77 defensive awareness. Uh, you know, you consider this card looks worse than that uh, road to the final Canate and obviously doesn't have a chance to be improved like that Canate did. I think it's almost double the price. It's a big no from me for 200k. Don't think that's good value. But actually, the really funny thing about this card is that this moments is remembering the moment he scored a volley, but the card has 29 volleys, which uh, just shows that they don't do these upgrades by individual stat. And I think considering the fact that the skill moves and weak foot are being tweaked for individual cards this year, I reckon we could see it perhaps for FIFA 21. It'd be really good if they did that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's wrap up uh, Foot Future Stars 2 chat, maybe with a little bit of a chat about where the prices might go, whether we think they're high. It looks to me like if you compare these prices to a lot of the players we've had over the past couple of months, I guess they're relatively high um, for what they are. They are quite unique cards, though. The stats that they have in terms of especially pace, I mean, and that's a big factor. Yeah, pretty high. So I guess they're going to be more used than a lot of other players that come out in promos. But uh, yeah, why do you think it is, Alex, that these kind of players are really expensive? I think for a lot of them, bar like say Haaland, Latoro uh, Martinez, said his name wrong probably. Um, it's just that a lot of them really, their base cards are either silver or low rated gold. And, you know, like say Callum uh, hudson Adoy, for example, you know, if you want to go and pick him up, you have to run a silver squad, which obviously not many people do as much nowadays. So the initial hype over these cards is, yes, they're overinflated in price just because it's a card that you haven't had to use before. While there's when you have other promos that come out, you know, when you have your Team of the Week cards come out, and you say there's an upgraded Mbappe or anything like that, they're cards that, well, you can go and use a gold card and 
it performs to a very good level anyway. So you might go and upgrade to their one, which mm. is you know ninety two rated, ninety three rated, for example. And you, you don't notice that much of a difference with a lot of them because they're such good cards anyway. While as go mm. and use a normal Callum Hudson Adoy and you'll notice a difference if you then go and use a future star. So I think that's why they have a lot of a lot of hype around them really, because they're completely fresh cards. None of them are kind of recycled. I think that's why the community generally, you know, wants to try them out, wants to give them a go. And I think that's probably probably what's sitting at. I mean, I do imagine they will start coming down over the next couple of weeks just because the hype will die around them you know, a little bit. Um, so I think that'll be a good good situation, two, three weeks time maybe to look at try and pick a couple up if you're interested in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you know to to further elaborate on that. Certainly, it's a it's likely going to be the best card of some of these incredibly hyped hyped youngsters that people see, you know, on your forums and on Reddit. That people, you know, they do something and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is the next like global superstar." So people are certainly excited to use them as well. Mm-hmm. But I think what it what it does that's compelling for you know and and really props their price up in a different kind of way too is. They offer a completely new avenue for squad building and links. I think if you look at like Tomori for a player like Team of the Year Conte, to get a, a good Chelsea player in there that's going to be usable and we'll, we'll remove French players from the, the table for now just for the sake of argument here. But to get a, a good strong link to Conte to build a hybrid squad or figure out easier ways to get him in, like Tomori solves that problem. Right. And I think mm. the same thing with when you look at the what is it, Lodi, Renan Lodi from uh, Atletico Madrid, certainly getting him in um, to squads. And I, I think the Argentine midfielder was it Dominguez from mm. Syria and anyway. Bologna. I, I just think that the there are a lot of teams and nations that are introduced in future stars that allow for interesting links that wouldn't have been done before. You know, I touched on Yuri Telemans earlier, but for if you look at Kevin De Bruyne links, certainly there are plenty of city attackers, but if you're working backwards, not many city, I guess you could say Kyle Walker, sure, but um, the Belgium link that Telemans provides allows me to not have him with the direct link to like Mbappe in my squad or something like that. So I think it'll prop up player prices from that um, because it's just introduced a, another possibility in squad building. And so some of the complementary goods, if you will, um, they become, you know, a priority. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are still things that could be improved. There always are right in a promo. And I think from my perspective, I felt like they could have done a few more skill move weak foot upgrades here and there to to make some of these players just a little bit more usable. I think there were too many three star weak foot players in these squads. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like there's, there was a real minority, maybe even only a couple of players in each squad that had four or five star weak foot. But if you look at the promo as a whole, what it does for the kind of database in the game, it's pretty amazing really compared to a lot of other promos i think you have to look back maybe to scream to the last time that promo had this much impact on the database as a whole um there are so many as you say new links there new clubs in palacios moving to leverkusen Mm -hmm. he's an 89 rated he's now the best player at stuttgart on foot he's uh he actually looks really solid by the way four star four star a really nice balance of stats as well you know he's suddenly a player who looks really good and makes a nice little connection between Argentina and uh, and other leagues and and things like that. So I think, as you were saying, Japes, the way that you would judge a promo based on, you know, creating more usable cards, 
I don't think you really see a promo like that. And it's quite clever in a way because they're capitalised on the hype of young players, but they've also actually improved the squad building experience, I guess, for, for the majority of players. Alex, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it has been a good programme as a whole. And I mean, even the cards that have given us for free have been yeah, interesting, as we always talked about. Um, but yeah, like Japes has already touched on, the actual avenue that you have to build on these squads with these different sort of cards, it does add a little bit more to it. Just keeps teams a little bit fresh because obviously you can get to a stage in FIFA where you come up against a lot of teams and they're all very similar. While as these just give you that complete different avenue to kind of go down and new cards to try out. So yeah, I'll be, I'll be relatively happy with it, to be honest with you. The one thing I would just end this on, I guess, is and maybe we'll see this changing a little bit, but you know, as soon as you get to that kind of goal born elite level in the weekend league, the kind of teams that people have and this is my point about the weak foot thing my big criticism of this though is I would struggle to say that actually many of these players are displacing Mbappe and Neymar right mm. Japes you know mm. they might be excellent they might change a lot of people's team the vast majority of players out there right because those players the gold one elite plus players they're like a, a real small percentage but for those guys you know has it really made that much of a difference yeah, I think you're I think you're right. For your top 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 tier players, it, it's it's not making a difference, right? Like let's be realistic here. Um but for for a lot of people that especially at this stage of the game too that get maybe a little uh, our squad building gets a little stale and they want to they want to shake it up a little bit, they have at least an option that's not going to be a horrible downgrade from Mbappe. Right. And I think that's the I think that's the the key for me, at least there is that uh, it gives you it gives you some cards that are somewhat comparable for the guys that aren't planning on going pro, but are happy to hit gold three, gold one and use some of their the most interesting, I don't know, future stars of the the global game, if you will. And just a little bit of speculation from me as to why they maybe didn't go crazy on the weak foot and skill move upgrades. You remember last year they did Carnival, right? Which mm. had this kind of focus on flair players. I was thinking maybe that is where we see, you know, some significant school move upgrades to players and weak foot upgrades. That mm. could be quite interesting. Interesting theory. Mm. Let's leave the listeners on that and we'll be back after the break. So on the Extra Time podcast for supporters, we announced the winner of the Patreon exclusive 12,000 FIFA point giveaway, which isn't actually the end of of giveaways in the near future because we aren't just 30 patrons away from the 500 patron goal which means another 12,000 FIFA point giveaway and so if you've been meaning to pledge for a little while and would like to support the podcast for just $3 a month then there's no better time because that will happen pretty soon I'm hoping and you will get us on the way there. So if you'd like to, go to bit.ly slash morepod. But also on the Patreon, I've come up with a cunning plan, a tier which would allow for a monthly rollover giveaway. Now, it's set at the price of 12,000 FIFA points. Someone who's feeling especially generous or maybe just has the money to sponsor the giveaway and put their name to it. It doesn't have to be your name though, you know, it could be the Vincent Abubakar 12,000 FIFA point giveaway or whatever you want it to be. And the fun thing about it is the plan is to put out a clue at the start of the month, pointing towards a specific player in the game. And then if nobody guesses it that month, then another clue comes out the next month. But the 12,000 FIFA points from the month before are added to the 12,000 FIFA points for the new month. 
and you get that big total. So if you feel you can get behind that and support it, then head over to bit.ly slash morepod to change your pledge or pledge that top tier. If you feel like you might be able to maybe go halves with someone else, then send me a message. And if two people do so, then we can work something out. But I think that's quite an exciting prospect. Hopefully uh, we can get it going. If not, we've got another 12,000 FIFA point giveaway very soon anyway. But as I said, bit.ly slash morepod for double the amount of podcast content. Let's get back into the second half. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Hello, and welcome back after the break. I'm still here with Japes and Alex. Alex, first foot weekly break. How did that go for you? It was very interesting. Japes sharing some secrets of the world, learning lots of stuff. So oh. it, was, it was good good stuff. Good little break. Enjoyed it. I don't want to go into too much detail there. Um, but you are getting married soon. Oh, I am indeed, uh, less than three months, uh, been with my good lady nine years now, um, still only a baby, I'm 22 years of age, so it's going to be quite unreal getting married, but yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, congratulations, and uh, you know, Thank you. Jake's with a child on the way, me nearly having completed Dan James, I mean, <laughs> so iconic year um right let's move on to the second half gameplay chats now uh, gameplay is something that we come to each week and we tend to have some people who know quite a bit about gameplay on the pod and as the fifa analyst you're no different you do coaching don't you as well as yeah streaming. i do indeed came from i started playing fifa on fifa 18 well fifa 13 and then took a massive break came on fifa 18 uh went from gold 2 to top 100 in about four months all from just analyzing game uh analyzing gameplay trying to get better in that way so i'm much of a preacher in looking back at your games and seeing what you did right what you did wrong and where can you improve nice let's get into this then i think the first simple question which actually well relatively simple question we had from a listener which we mentioned a few weeks back but i think it's good to bring it up again cody asking what's the best camera setting to use does the size of the tv matter or the distance from the tv so for me uh there's two ways to look at camera settings i run telebroadcast uh, and it's normally 17 uh, height and zero zoom or you can run co-op and the reason why I say there's two ways to look at it is that telebroadcast is very good and it lets you see the fine little movements, the little touches, the dribbling, the skill moves. You know, it's right up close, personal and works well if you're looking at trying to play like ticker tacker. You know, just it looks clean. It makes the game look more pleasing as well. The the best one theoretically is co-op, in my opinion. And the reason for that is that obviously it does give you the whole view of the pitch you can see every man you can see earlier what the opposition is playing in terms of the formation all that sort of stuff however when it comes to it it is personal preference there's no hard and set rule which camera is better i do think with co-op let's say if you are a you know an average fifa player um it can work to your advantage because obviously you can track the runners you can keep people in defense keep your team shape where you want it to be however if you aren't a great fifa player one of the things that i do find is that it can almost be an overload of information, trying to see all those runners, mm. track all those runners, you know, put people into the right position. So it is personal preference. I do advise people to just have a go which one you feel. I do find as well that if you run co-op, that if you run co-op and it's the game is you know a little bit delayed, it feels worse because the game zoomed out, if that makes sense. 
So that's kind of my opinions mm. on camera angles and t- size of TV and what distance from the TV. So I mean, if you have like a, a gaming monitor, that tends to be better. Um, I personally run a 23-inch monitor, and yeah, you've got you've got to be fairly close to it. You know, you want to be able to see it so that if you want to look top left, you want to look bottom right. You only have to move your eyes. You don't have to move your head. If you're playing on a massive TV in your living room and you you know you sit in you know a fair bit away, it does hinder your performance a little bit, in my opinion. I don't know what you think, Japes. So I, <laughs> I, I play on uh, what is it? Tele tele broadcasts, like all the way zoomed out and like straight over the top. I don't necessarily think that's like the best one. Um, I think co-op's interesting for for whatever reason. I can't finish on co-op the same way that I can on tele broadcast. Uh, I don't know if that's just a me thing or what it is, but my finishing is shocking on co-op. I don't I don't score the same chances, yeah. um, and that's a that's a camera angle that I would in theory like to run because you do see more of the pitch, you do see more runs, and you're less reliant on quick twitch reactions because you can you know kind of manipulate the movement of the uh, entire attack or defense, if you will, or understand how all the parts and all the pieces go together. Um, so I think if you're if you're trying to better understand the game and really take a, a keen eye towards how your team might be reacting. And I think it's important to to take this into consideration when you're trying new formations, new tactics, to understand how the the players are going together and where they're spreading, then co-op is is a great camera angle for you because you'll see how everything goes together and you might say, ooh, having, I don't know, drift wide on my striker feels wrong here. Or, hey, my striker is really isolated when I play it out wide. Maybe I should consider drift wide and he'll drift over and open up space for midfielders to overlap. So I think it's just worth that taking that interest, I suppose, and understanding what, what your options are. Yeah, that's a, a good point I think that both of you have made because I started the year with co-op and then I mentioned on the pod that I was changing to telebroadcast because I felt like with the changes to tackling and to dribbling this year, there was quite a lot of adjustment to do to my kind of micro game. And so I switched to telebroadcast. But I'm actually have been considering over the past week or two, maybe switching back to co-op now because I feel a bit more comfortable with that stuff. And I'm now thinking actually it'd be nice to see the whole pitch and see the runs as you were saying Ben, if you can figure if you can figure out how to finish mm. yeah, yeah. well i, I f- felt like i could finish before so i'm hoping i'll be go back to it and be able to finish again but i think you're right i think the is it because the goal is maybe a flatter almost it, it, you can't see it as well on co-op um, you tell think, me yeah <laughs> the angle does flatten it a bit so it, whereas on telebroadcast you can kind of have more of a, a sense of the shape of the goal maybe I think I guess what we're saying is try both. They're both perfectly good ways of playing. It will take some adjustment though, right? I think that's one thing to point out. You know, it will take you probably maybe like five, ten games to adjust to another camera, maybe even longer. You know, so just be aware of that as well. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. There's, there was another question about settings that Parker asked, asking what kind of settings we would recommend in terms of within the controller settings menu. Alex, in terms of settings, one of the ones that he was talking about is choosing pass direction uh, more quickly or slowly 
I guess you can probably explain that a little bit better than that, but what does that do? I think it's the pass receiver lock uh, that Parker's on about. So you have the choice of early or late, um, and the default setting is late, which what most of you guys will probably be running with. Um, So what does it actually do? When you've got it on late, uh, the setting that it says, you know, what it plays as is the pass receiver is locked as late as possible, close to the time when the ball is kicked. This is the default setting. And then you've got pass receiver lock, which is early. The pass receiver is locked early at the time when kicking the animation uh, begins. So the way I read this and the way this works to me is that when you play a pass from, say, your right striker over to your left striker, say, you know, cross goal or something, when it's early, it will switch over to them kind of straight away, while it's when it's late, it doesn't switch over to them straight away. It obviously takes a bit of time to move over. So I found that when I was running late, sometimes when you play an X or an A pass, what was happening was uh, your, your players were kind of overshooting the ball. Uh, and the ball was getting dragged behind them, if that makes sense. So they were just completely mm. overshooting it. When I changed it early, that that switched that for me. Uh, just completely stopped that from happening as a, as a general sort of rule. So it did make a bit of a you know an addition, obviously, because I was receiving the ball more than what I was in the past. Does it make a massive difference to to the game and, and whatnot? Maybe not, but I think it just again personal preference. Have a little go with it. From speaking to a, f- a fair few top players, a lot of them do seem to run early at the minute. So mm. I feel like that might help dealing with lag as well. Right, because yeah, that that was one thing that they said. Yeah, yeah, because I always often get that animation where your player misses the pass that has been played to them when I have delay, right? So that would kind of make sense. But you're saying that it says late because presumably actually you can re- react quicker, right? If it's a late lock, because up until the last minute the ball leaves the player's foot, you're trying to adjust the pass, right? But if you go early, then do you get control of the player? that's receiving the ball yes quicker, exactly then. which then means yeah, that if so it's that... a bit behind you you can kind of realign and it just it just seems to run a little bit smoother as a general rule for me so which one did you end up preferring sorry early is what i've stuck with late was the default one which i, I never tinkered with um and then i changed it to early and i haven't gone back since so that's been my personal preference mm, one of the things that i will touch on as well just you saying about is there anything else any sneaky tips uh one of the things that i mm. actually really like and not many people change it is analog sprint most people have analog sprint mm. as on so what it means is that if you're using in R2 or RT the more you push that button down the more the player gets into a sprint so if you only tap the button slightly you put a little less pressure on it they don't get up to their full sprint speed and people sometimes ask me why does it seem like your centre defensive mid's a jockey and so much quicker than mine well when you turn the analog sprint off no matter how much pressure you put on your sprint button it gets them up to full speed straight away and that, for me, mm. ma- massively helps in situations where you've just changed to your centre back and he's running. You know, they're running on goal because you're obviously, you know, just switching over to R two or something. That makes it easier and just gets them up to full speed straight away. There's no ifs or buts if you haven't put all the pressure on. Because let's be honest, if you only put half the pressure on for half a second, that could be the difference between your Van Dijk catching his Ronaldo and not catching his Ronaldo. So I think that's better to have on. That's one of my my sneaky little hidden tip for you, Parker. Do you reckon there's any advantage in having it on, though, the analog sprint? Because I guess if you did, then maybe you could sort of adjust your speed, depending on how much you press. I had a bit of a theory that the more you had it on, you could control stamina a little bit more. But it, it was minor, you know, it wasn't, it didn't make me realise that my players were getting out of stamina quicker or anything like that. Uh, and to be honest, for me, if you do look at top quality gameplay as a whole... How often do people sprint on this game at the high level? Not very often. They sprint when they're mm. in a you know one v one down the line, uh, through onto goal, um, but anywhere kind of in the middle of the pitch, 
most people just tend to, to, to not sprint and they just walk and, and dribble and use a bit of strafe dribbling, that sort of thing. They don't actually sprint. So I don't think there is a disadvantage to it, to be honest. Uh, I haven't noticed one myself. I don't know if Japes has had a little had a little try with it at all. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Japes definitely doesn't sprint. That's the thing. He's a... Too calm. Oh no, I sprint <laughs> all the time, way too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I actually think that's a really good point. I have had it on. I just always thought like more control is better, you know. So I, I have had. Wait, which way around is it? It's it's on as default. So when it's on, it means that the more pressure you put on, the more it sprints. The less pressure you put on, the right. less it sprints. Off means if you just tap the uh, the sprint button, they get up to full speed straight away, regardless of how much pressure okay. you put on. So. The pro advice here for the viewers that are like, this is a nice discussion and all, tell me what I should be doing. What's the <laughs> yeah, answer? Good idea. I personally would have it off. I think it's better. So basically you're just sprinting at full speed. Yeah. Well, you're obviously not sprinting at full speed. You've got to get yeah, up to full yeah. speed. Yeah, you know, right? they don't just go from walking to sprint straight away. But just to clarify for the listeners as well, go on to analog sprint and you want to turn it from on to off. So, uh, yeah, yeah sorry. that's it <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay cool but it does have an explainer doesn't it yes, in the it settings does. so yeah. you'll be able to see what we're talking about from that that'll help okay that's a good one and then there's also the manual jockey right that this is something that early on I, i'm not sure whether that's something that you've had manual jockey for the whole of this year yeah I, for, for these sort of ones this is where i do think it is very much personal preference for auto switching move assistance mm. and jockey um i've trialed with manual and assisted uh, and i again just prefer manual and auto switch move assistance you have the choice of non low and then high i definitely don't think high on that i think that's a choice of low and non uh, for the viewer uh, listeners and then same for jockey manual and assisted for me I very much like to try and have control of my players myself, which is why I try and turn off quite a lot of the settings. For your average player, it might be best to keep the jockey unassisted, if I'm honest with you, because what it will do is it, uh, the jockey speed will be assisted to help you stay close to your opponent, but you're in control of what direction your defender will run in, while as when you've got it on non, the actual speed of the jockeying, there is no assistance whatsoever. So let's say if you're a silver player in foot champs, maybe gold three, I'd probably say leave this unassisted. If you want to take your game to the next level, I do find that taking off this and put it on manual will will be better for most people. However, again, it is personal preference. I agree. It just makes you feel a little bit quicker when you're doing it. Yeah, uh, you, definitely. You get a bit more mobility um, if you have it on manual. And then there's also this thing on auto... You, you're mentioning auto-switching. Definitely don't have auto-switch on full stop. Like Auto-switch on airballs is good, but auto-switch being on basically means you're little player indicator you know you're just going to be constantly getting switched between players which really isn't particularly effective i'm sure most of you all know this but just to be clear for maybe newer listeners um that that's something you should really look out for make sure that's i would say on air balls personally because it's sometimes quite hard to track air balls as they get played so having auto switch on air balls helps especially if there's like loose bounces things like that but the one thing that you also have is because you've got the auto switch move assistance there when you switch to a player, they continue their run if you have auto switch move assistance on, say, for example, low. The player will continue their run as you switch to them. So it won't immediately respond to your controller input, which I think is good because what I see sometimes is people saying, why did my player stop running for this over-the-top through ball? And it's actually because when you switch to them, your controller input was in the other direction, right? So it made your player go the way that your controller was pointing you might not have realized it because you just switched but actually you cancelled the run basically so if you have it on something like low it will mean the player continues 
their run as you switch to them and then you can take control of them is that what you do Alex I think yeah I have mine on uh, on none on that as I said I think low or, mm. or none is definitely the best I really don't think high because although yeah it keeps them in, in that track at the path of where they were running originally so when you switch to it you know it still keeps control of it but high is, is it's too much like it's almost like yeah, when you yeah, first yeah. change for that second you don't actually have response of the player um, so I definitely mm. think low or none I think for a majority of people low is probably the best because some people when they switch from coaching people and whatnot I've noticed that when they switch they're not aware of what they're doing on the analog stick so sometimes when they have it on non mm. although they should be running say straight back towards goal they switch to the player and they've got their analog pointing up so they start running towards the touchline so yeah, yeah, I, think yeah. Low, it, I think low for most people is the best uh, if you're a higher level player I think moving up to non can be better great yeah Get solid tips there um, for controller settings and things uh, I think you know as you say a lot of it is personal preference yeah. but I think hopefully we've given a sort of outline of the the ones that make most sense to us um, for people to use uh, anything to add on controller settings here Jake before we move it on no Okay. <laughs> James is not a fan of control settings. I, uh, I, you know what? I get because I've been streaming lately. People say, "What are your camera settings? What are your controller settings?" And yeah, yeah. Unfortunately for me, the answer is I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, it's not something that I, you know, I set it up a long time ago, and I was very into it at one point. And since that time, I just haven't played around with it like at all. I haven't been interested. I think familiarity is underrated, right? As well, you you want to be comfortable in what in the settings that you have set up. So I guess why would you change? Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, it's probably worth looking at and toying around with it because perhaps there is something better for me out there that I, you know, that I'm not even Mm. aware of right now. And it might improve my game by just enough to take me to that next level. But I'm not sure if I totally buy into it, changing my game that much. However, I do think that for people that are new to the franchise, it it makes a big impact uh, exploring all the options that are out there. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And also, I guess, like, you know, if it's something like the co-op camera, for example, you didn't think about that. Mm. The camera angle I do play with every year. I guess the other weird thing that I used to do, too, is I would I oftentimes used semi-assisted shooting. Oh, yeah. I remember you went for a phase of trying. Yeah, I, I used it quite a bit. And... I haven't played with it recently because I feel like the assisted shooting has just gotten better over the years. So, mm. you know, you, you it used to be where like assisted trying to shoot it at the near post when you were running across the face of goal, like you'd normally be going for a finesse shot meant you just kicked it straight at the keeper. And now you can actually shoot near post if you want to with assisted so that that's been improved and i've seen no need to increase the error possibilities by using semi-assisted shooting at least for me yeah very interesting indeed if you make a change do get in touch let us know how it went what that change was talking of which we're going to make a change because we're going to be leaving the main pod and we'll see you in the extra time podcast we go into scoring from corners getting the most out of every player on the pitch drop back low depth and whether you should use your defenders to defend all that and more in the extra time podcast available along with double the amount of foot weekly action for the price of a rare consumables pack just three dollars a month you can sign up at bit.ly slash more pod a huge thanks to those patrons who keep this podcast going and those icon patrons dave b shane w the supreme sumo thomas Hunter B, Martin M, Chris W, Matt L, Anthony R, also ran, DJ FIFA player, Robbie S, Sam R, Tom B, Cody R, 
Christopher L, Yannick H, David S, Hugh J, Stephen F, Andrew L M, Jimmy, Craig M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Mohammed F C, Tenacious C, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Alistair, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Jason B D, Adam W, Pobius, Jeff B, Andrew T, Roger D, Dan W, Matt H, Alan M, Savage P, at Pace of a Tortoise, and Sam MG. A huge thanks for keeping this podcast going, and I'll catch you on the next one. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart.